0: talk 11 10, 99, 3 wbt we want to welcome back to the pete Callender show program uh, program pete Callender. program yeah, this is show welcome back former congressman mark walker how are you sir
1: i'm doing well it's good to be back thank you
0: so yeah so uh how's the how's the campaign going in the final days here you're in the home stretch
1: Yes, homestretch. We're we're busy as all get out, and continuing to travel and work, and uh, really be inspired by meeting so many different people. Uh, I think we've just crossed over seventy thousand miles in the last year, but but really having a blast. It's something that I enjoy doing, and uh, we're pushing hard to the finish line.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa! So you're telling me that you're able to meet with voters and attend debates? That's possible. <laughs>
1: Yes, believe it or not, if you're really committed to this and not hiding behind $15 million of D.C. super PAC dark money, you can actually accomplish both. I think that's uh, how revolutionary to be running for statewide office and actually get out there and answer questions.
0: So, and look, I think I've interviewed uh, your opponent, Ted Budd, uh, at least once before, uh, probably a year ago now. But Um, and I don't have any ill will towards him, uh, or the campaign. And I think it's an, uh, it's a strategy that they're employing not to go to debates, but to me personally, that matters because if I'm going to be asked to pick somebody to go up against Sherry Beasley in a debate or up against any number of us senators on the floor of the Senate, I expect you to be able to make an argument, uh, and to be somewhat persuasive or something. And I don't know if I get to see that if I don't see a debate.
1: Well, and not only, uh, it, and you're making a very valid point, it's not about just explaining the, issue, the issues, it's how we defend these issues. And I would add on top of that, if there's no track record of the said individual, in this case, Mr. Budd, having ever done so in six years on the in the U.S. House, what about this persona or this campaign strategy makes you think he can go up against this Liberal force that we're going to be facing, especially with the different things that have unraveled, uh, even in the last thirty-six to forty-eight hours. Uh, how do you talk about those issues? How do you, how do you, to your point, how do you make an argument that's convincing? Because it's that we can't be content just simply preaching to the choir, and that's one of the reasons I always felt like we were the best candidate. We're the highest-rated conservative if ever to serve in the top four leadership positions in the U.S. House because I could make the argument, and at the same time. I am the only Republican to win the United Negro College President's Award. I am the only Republican to give the commencement address at one of our historical black colleges and universities. That's how you get out there and take the right approach, stand strong, certainly be the warrior, but find a way to introduce new communities and new audiences to this message of hope and opportunity.
0: Right. There's nothing racial about limited government, right? The, 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 The philosophy is not something that automatically is determined based on skin pigmentation. And uh, for I know a lot of people uh, on the left and in the media, but I repeat myself, uh, they want they, they, they are vested in trying to assert that as some truism, but it's it's not. And the, the message can be spread uh, in those smaller types of gatherings. but you got to have people, this was one of my criticisms of Donald Trump as well was that he was not able to articulate a lot of the philosophy that animates conservatism and can help spread
1: those messages. 100%. And you just so articulated the heart of that. If we really have the truth, why wouldn't we want to take it to all communities? And look, I want every boy and girl to know their rights don't come from a federal government. That's not where their dependency is. Their rights come from their creator, just like our founding documents have laid out. But if I don't, or if we don't go find a way to share that, what happens is uh, many different communities are continually inundated by all this woke ideology that literally stymies one growth as opposed to enhancing it and pursuing the American dream. That's where Republicans have failed in messaging the last two to three decades, and I think, my goodness gracious, find people who have the ability and the track record to do this uh, and, and that's why Sherry Beasley polls the lowest amount of any of the candidates. Her top number, and these aren't our numbers, these are generic polls, is 42%. Um, can we get that message to enough voters throughout North Carolina over the next two weeks? That's the challenge uh, because of all the different factors the additional monies, the endorsements. Uh, that's our biggest challenge because when we have a chance to show up, whether it's the debate or forums, we walk away, I believe, capturing the room. And I hope. That's in large part due to our authenticity.
0: So, how do you see a path to victory uh, on May seventeenth?
1: Uh, it, it, it's going to be challenging. I'm not going to pretend here and say that we're you know we're we're, we're with a few digit points behind uh, with the with the amount of advertisements and constant influx uh, with the Trump endorsements it, of the three top Senate races: North Carolina, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. This is the only Senate race where. Club for Growth, who is spending all these monies, as well as Donald Trump, are combined. In Ohio and Pennsylvania, they're split. Mm. This is the only place where that's happened, so it makes it more challenging. And uh, it's going to be a very limited path of people actually looking at who will represent them the best. If people are willing to look at this, we we have a chance, slim, but we have a chance to be able to get this thing done. If they're simply going out doing what they're told by some uh, commercial uh, it's going to make it that much more challenging.
0: What was you, and you mentioned uh, at the beginning there a reference to the, uh, the leaking of the draft uh, that would overturn Roe v. Wade out of the Supreme Court. What, what's your reaction? Have, did, have you read the draft or uh, read up on it? Uh, and what's your reaction to that story?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't think I'm outside the boundaries of saying there's some intentionality here when you have something that's so exceptionally rare. Uh, because this was allowed in my opinion to 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 kind of organize the left, you think about this, they have no other issue to run on right now. they can't run on the economy uh, they certainly can't run on foreign policy achievements. You name it domestic policy. Uh, Joe Biden administration has nothing the borders a uh, southern borders a crisis, so they needed something to rally. They needed something now. So somewhere along the way, somebody, I think, was willing to put a career on the line just to give this some fodder. Do I think it will work? No, I do not, uh, because I do believe there are enough sensible people who are willing to say, look, uh, a, a child deserves a right to be born. When I was on the House floor, we even offered a compromising piece of legislation just to call their bluff. Uh, where abortion is up to 20 weeks, and then after that you have every exception in the world, they still voted against it. This is where we are right now, and we've got to continue to call call their bluff constantly because that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, and this is it, this is part of the problem that we were just talking about, not knowing your opponent's argument, not being able to persuade with your own argument. Um, so often, and this really highlights it, What the last 48 hours now, um, it really highlights how so many on the left Don't know the arguments of the right because the things they say, they it's obvious they are ignorant of why the right asserts the things it asserts when it comes to the abortion debate. Like I saw an intellectual guy, a guy that I follow on Twitter. I I respect him, but he's a little on the left side, but he's pro-choice and He's like, oh, I, I don't understand, you know, they're undoing his women's health or whatever. And I said, well, you th- are talking about competing rights. I, and that's the it's the question is, when do the rights obtain for the child? That's the question. Right. So <laughs> it, it, it once you determine that point, then you have competing rights and who wins. So why not debate that rather than women's health and, and whatever the, the bumper stickers and slogans yeah,
1: so are. reproductive freedom or whatever it might be. I yeah. remember questioning Cecile Richards under oath uh, when I served on the House Oversight Committee, and I asked her, I said, Ms. Richards, I just have one question. She was the director of Planned Parenthood at mm-hmm. the time, and I said, I just want to know if it bothers you. Does it bother you that there are more African-American babies aborted in New York State than being born It's the same thing I tweeted back at the governor when he wrote his letter there, and he used the word reproductive 10 times, never mentioned an unborn child, never mentioned anything else. I asked him, do you have a problem with the fact that the African-American population make up 13% of the total population but can't account for nearly 40% of all abortions? There's something about that number of all Americans, whether you're pro-choice or pro-life, that you say, man, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. That's the arguments that we have to be able to make to get people to say, wait a second, there is some. There is a problem here. And if you can't make the argument, then you're just going to go push the button of whatever you're told to do by the bosses or your special interest groups. And that is not increasing or getting our message out to the places where it needs to go.
0: Former Congressman, current U.S. Senate candidate Mark Walker. And uh, you want to check him out, his website, Walker4NC. That's the number four, Walker4NC.com. Best of luck on the campaign trail as you uh, you you kind of glide path into the primary. I know you're going to be where this is probably the most uh, most amount of work, actually, you're going to be doing is in the final days, I assume.
1: Uh, we don't we don't mind it. Uh, <laughs> we're happy to serve and do whatever we can. It's an honor to be with you. Uh, take care and keep up the great work. All
0: right. I appreciate it. Congressman Walker, take care. Good luck on the campaign trail. News Talk 1110 993 WBT 704 570 1110 1800 WBT 1110 if you want to call in and make your pitch for a candidate feel free to do so I got an email or a a tweet rather from Bob Unplugged who says Pete you keep saying that you don't endorse candidates but you kind of do what is a greater endorsement than a vote Well that's a vote So I replied to Bob I said I view votes as forced choices between limited options because that's what they are, right? I mean, you're going into a primary right now. We're in a primary. We have a primary election underway, and the first choice you have to make is what primary am I going to go vote in? I do. I'm an unaffiliated voter. If you're a registered Republican, you can vote in the GOP primary, and that's it. Same goes for the Democrats. They have to stick to their party. But if you're unaffiliated, you get to pick. So that's the first choice you have to make. And that means you have to look at all the races. And there are a lot of candidates in a lot of different races that some of them I would very much like to vote against. Is that an endorsement of their opponent? Like, for example, the sheriff's race, Mecklenburg County Sheriff Gary McFadden. I would very much like to go vote against him. Is that an endorsement of one of the two challengers? where I'm leaning is towards Gina Hicks. She ran the jail. She's competent. She's sharp. And she's not McFadden. Like that's, (laughs) that's the key. Does that mean I'm endorsing her? No, I'm just saying, I think she's a preferable candidate. I'm not like, I endorse this candidate. To me, an endorsement carries with it a certain amount of weight. A vote, I'm just presented with, here are these options. This is what you get. And, Look, if if there's a Republican running for sheriff this time around, then I might very well be in the Republican primary because I'm going to put my vote towards a Republican candidate for sheriff versus Gina Hicks. See what I mean? So is that my endorsement of her? If I knew that there was a Republican running against whoever comes out of the Democrat field. Me voting for her in the Democrat primary and then voting against her in the general, like Operation Chaos kind of thing. So is that an endorsement with the vote? No, look, he says you it's kind of the same. And I would agree it's kind of the same. Voting for somebody is kind of like an endorsement, but it's not. I'm not telling you who to vote for. To me, that's what an endorsement does. And trust me, because I do endorsements, right? I'm telling you, you should try PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition. I'm telling you from personal experience, this program works. I tell you, I endorse Zero Res. I had them out of my house. They did a fantastic job. They cleaned the carpets. They were awesome. And they did the couch, too. They did the dining room chairs. They, oh, it, it smells great. It's all soft. It's all brand new. Oh, it's fantastic. That's an endorsement. I endorse them. I'm saying they're good. Um, Catawba 2 Kings Casino. Been down there, like the operation. Advise you to go down there, try it out for yourself. I'm, I'm not. But here, like when I tell you, I like this particular candidate. I'm not going to go tell you to vote for them. I tell you, do your own research, find out the candidates that you like, and then go support them. So I do see them as different. It's kind of the same, but also kind of not. Um, Jay says, Pete, I voted last week in the Democrat primary, only to vote against the incumbent sheriff. We have four deputies who work on Sundays at my church, and I told them I voted against McFadden, and they all said thank you. Three of the four are (laughs) African-American. Right. So when you have this kind of animosity inside the ranks over there, I'm going to try to help them out. I'm going to try to help out law enforcement by going into the Democrat primary (laughs) and voting against McFadden. That's just me. I'm not telling you to do that. It's not an endorsement of anybody or anything or any strategy. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender Show. 704-570-1110-1800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Uh, And you can hit me up on Twitter, at Pete Callender. I'm reading one here from Matt, who says, oh, he is the brother of Michael Stading, S-T-A-D-I-N-G. And Stading is uh, from Mint Hill, and he is running for one of the Court of Appeals slots, uh, seat 11, running against Charlton Allen, who uh, has—he's a mediator— Allen is a mediator um, and stating is a judge. And uh, where was it here? I'm looking at his profile on that. Yeah. Currently serving as North Carolina district court judge and a reservist for the U.S. Air Force as an assistant staff judge advocate. He's also a board certified specialist in state criminal law. He's a former prosecutor, former defense attorney and former attorney for the FOP. That's Michael stating. So, Matt says, My brother, Michael Stading, is running for court of appeals. He cut his pay more than in half by taking on the district court position. The past four years, he's held true to the law and Constitution. In Mecklenburg, he has been relegated to domestic court for having... Oh, the nerve... Sorry, it's another tweet. He ran out of characters. For having the nerve to set bail for serious offenders. Oh! <gasps> He faces a daily battle in Mecklenburg due to many other judges just not showing up to work. Matt, I have heard that as well. I have heard that as well. Um, That this is becoming a problem with judges. We are born and raised in East Charlotte, Hickory Grove area. Everyone but me started out as a Democrat. You, so so you, you convinced them all to... It used to be Sold as the working-class party. His opponent wants to harp on the fact that Michael changed parties, but let's look at how things have changed. Michael has the endorsements of Mark Robinson and Dan Bishop. He will work to uphold the Constitution and not to create a new one. Well, I mean, the Dan Bishop endorsement does go... that That does persuade me to some degree. Because Dan Bishop, he's a lawyer. Out of... Mecklenburg County, and has been fighting in the trenches for a long time. So if if Dan likes you, that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty solid endorsement um, for a judge race. So thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. That's for his brother. No, so he's a little biased here. I think we should point that out. Matt might be just a wee bit biased on endorsing his brother <laughs> for the court of appeal seat. Uh, no, that's good information. But uh, yeah, and look, people switching parties. I did that but that's what this guy uh Charlton Allen uh mediator that's what he has been saying but he doesn't have and honestly like he has to say that because he's never he, he hasn't been a judge so if you don't have the experience then I don't again is the court of appeals an entry level gig for a judge and I'm I'm not so sure I'm not. That's not to say that you couldn't be a great judge at the Court of Appeals level. But this other guy's got a lot more experience being a judge. Um, and so it does make sense that you would go after somebody for switching parties, uh, which I went and double-checked. I couldn't tell if he had switched parties, but I saw he vote. I mean, he got out of uh, stating, yeah. So he started, he got admitted to the bar in August of 06, and then he voted in the Democrat primary in 08, And then he's been voting in Republican primaries ever since. But as a registered unaffiliated, if you go pull my voter card, you're going to see that I'm bouncing around between primaries, Democrat, Republican, because, look, I'm an open book on this. I'm telling you, like, I'm going to find the races that I think matter most. And honestly, the local judge races, they are really, really, really important. I understand the state level is really important, but that's why, like, the sheriff's race, local judges come general election. Huge. DA, huge. These are important things. This is how, if you're mad at the turnstile that resembles a jail uh, in, in uptown Charlotte, like this is how you get at the problem. You got to toss the judges. The people that are doing the, quote, bail reforms, they're not, uh, spoiler alert, they're not exactly reforms. Their elimination, and I guess maybe you can say, well, that is a form of reform. But they, they they dress this up as if it's, oh, look at us, we're making it better. Are you? Are you really? I have some questions about that. Well, I mentioned Merriweather, the district attorney here. Yeah, here it is. This was a story from a couple of weeks ago, um, at Queen City News. To 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 do, do, talking about the, uh, there were two recent. Uh, criminal uh, uh, incidents, one involving a guy accused of shooting at six cops, Charlotte Mecklenburg police officers. Guy was given $67,000 bond. He got out. Uh, Travis Feely is another one. He got charged first degree arson. He got a $31,000 bond. So needless to say, the Fraternal Order of Police have some questions. Got some questions about how these criminals are able to so easily get low bonds and walk. So they had the D, they were at a forum of some kind. And um, the DA is there, Spencer Merriweather, which, by the way, the FOP endorsed him in the primary. They endorsed him, they gave him kudos. You know, he's doing the best he can. And Merriweather told them look, prosecutors do push for those accused of violent crimes to remain in custody until their trial. According to the report by Derek Dellinger at Fox46.com, Mecklenburg County courts have had bail reform policies in place for years now, which takes away set bond amounts for crimes and takes into account various personal circumstances for the person charged. See, this is what happened in America back in the 70s as well. It really is amazing how, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme Right. You've heard that. This stuff, this uh, this ushered in the Rudy Giuliani era in New York because there was such a permissive attitude towards crime when and the release of people with mental health issues into the streets where they were free to assault and murder and and vandalize. And finally, he said, you know what? This is no way to live. We're done with this. They put in Giuliani, broken windows policies and all of that, um, which was to say, if you allow the broken windows to remain, it sends the signal that no one cares about the neighborhood. And then people treat it as such. That's the theory. That's the idea. You don't that you do or you do sweat the small stuff, because if you don't, it sends a message that you won't sweat the big stuff. And I don't really know what else you could call shooting at six cops. Other than big stuff. These judges are out of control. Out of control. This is how you ended up with the mandatory minimum laws. Because judges go crazy. Well, leftist judges. That's the Rolling Stones. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Taking your calls here about the uh, primary election that is going on right now. Do you got a particular candidate that you like you want to tell somebody about? Feel free to weigh in. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at the PeteCalendarShow.com. By the way, if you don't want to use your real name, you can give a fake name. I would recommend, just for old times' sake, Chet or Trixie. You can... Choose either of those names if you would like. 7045 uh, 10 So uh, here's an email I got from Barbara. Oh, also uh, on Twitter, at Pete Callender. Ads bashing candidates. Makes me so mad, she says, especially by Mark Robinson lately. My respect for him has dropped. I have no incentive to choose Ted Budd. Also, I oppose the club for growth. But where to complain? Uh, though I'm in Kings Mountain I appreciate your information about state and local subjects thank you Barbara I appreciate it this is the place where you can make a difference state and local elections especially in the primaries think about it if one out of le- if less than one out of five sorry hang on if fewer than one out of five voters eligible voters actually go to the polls that means your vote matters even more And I am watching, look, I'm not inside Charlotte city limits, so I cannot vote for the city council candidates. But if I could, if I was inside city limits, then, uh, like, yeah, it's weird. I have a Charlotte address, but I don't have, but I'm, I'm in the ETJ before they... Got rid of that. We were going to be Charlotte. I'm sure Charlotte's mad. They didn't get to annex it all in. They were working towards it, but they just ran out of time before the legislature said, no, you know what? No more forcing the annexations anymore. Anyway, I digress. If I was able to vote in the Charlotte City Council elections, that would, I would have no doubt, zero doubt as to which primary I would choose. I would vote the Democrat primary because not only am I looking to vote against the sheriff, I would be looking to vote against Patrick Cannon. Absolutely. I would be doing that. Um, Let me see here. Uh, Joseph says, Pete, having a total GOP hold on the county commission in Gaston County is how we got to tell old Roy to take his mandate and do something tawdry and unnatural with them in June of 2020, when most of the country still had... Toys and the garden center roped off in the only big box store that got to open while riots were totally okay and not super spreader events. Local elections matter way more than national or even statewide races. Um, Well, it depends on the statewide. Obviously, the governor's race matters with Roy Cooper. Right. So certain statewide. But at the yeah, federal. Look, they all matter. They all matter. But the state and local stuff has a more direct impact on your daily life. They really do. That's why I I have focused on this stuff for 20 years as a reporter and as a host. The national stuff matters. I spent all day yesterday talking about the leaked uh, Supreme Court thing. That matters, too, because that – everyone's saying, oh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. By the way, when you hear somebody say, it'll be interesting to see, that means – I'm about to give you an opinion about what I think might happen, but I don't want to call it an opinion because I'm supposed to be uh, a reporter or I don't really know what's going to happen. So I'm just going to throw this out there as a, it'll be interesting to see if this thing I want to happen happens. That's basically what it's code for. And look, I used to say it as well because it it becomes a verbal crutch. Um, But I've worked very hard to break myself of that because, yes, of course it will be interesting to see. That's why we're talking about whatever it is we're talking about that prompted me to say it's going to be interesting to see. But what am I really saying? I don't know. That's what I'm really saying. I don't know what's going to happen. So let's just wait and see. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not voters send the um, Patrick Cannon felon back to the city council. It'll be interesting to see whether or not The Supreme Court ruling on Roe v. Wade and Casey, whether that affects the state legislative races. I don't know if it will. I'm looking at the amount of fundraising emails that the Democratic Party has been sending out. And it's. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, it's like. It's a lot. It's a lot. And maybe. Like, they're probably looking at uh, at this leaked document, this leaked ruling, sort of like a, I don't know, like Kermit Gosnell in a NICU. Court. I'm sorry, that's terrible. That's a terrible, I'm sorry, I should not have said that. It's a cheap shot, but I take them. Um, no, there's, there is a whole bunch of these fundraising emails that are coming out. From the Democrats, I have I have a uh, oh uh, see it's in the stack of stuff and then I got all discombobulated and now I I moved it someplace else and here it is I found it look at that it's an impeccable filing system if I do say so myself um a a pretty extraordinary dynamic said NBC News is Caitlin Huey Burns GOP has been working for decades to overturn Roe but with blockbuster news of the draft decision GOP leaders are focusing only on the leak not celebrating their desired outcome decades in the making. Because it's a draft, Caitlin. It's a draft. So we don't know what the final ruling is going to be. So we're not going to go to any great lengths to analyze all of this. Because that's not the ruling. It's not a ruling. Anyway. Beasley. Sherry Beasley. Former Judge, Chief Justice of the North Carolina Supreme Court. I want to be absolutely clear. Abortion is a constitutional right that cannot be rolled back. Mm, you say you were a judge, did you? I'm not a judge and not a lawyer. I've never been a lawyer that donned a black robe to become a, a judge either. But I'm pretty sure it's actually not in the Constitution. Not a constitutional right. And if they roll it back, citing the Constitution, then they can do that. <laughs>